0: Thanks for listening to another message from Life Christian Church. We hope it challenges and encourages you and helps you to grow in your faith. Don't forget, download our app to stay up to date with what's going on at life. Share your prayer requests or pray for others. Read the Bible online and much, much more. Simply search for Life Christian Church in your app store. First of all, let me ask a question. Who has somebody in their life, and I certainly do, uh, who is really, really hard to shop for or buy presents for. Stick your hand up. Aren't we thankful for gift cards? Every time there's a birthday, every time there's a Christmas, it's the same thing. I have not a clue what to get. It's my darling wife. Anyway, the children would agree, wouldn't we, children? Yes, yes, thank you. Anyway, that's got very personal all of a sudden. I wonder, though, uh, if there's other people that are really hard to buy for. Uh, Like uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I wonder what his wife gets him for Christmas. Uh, What do you get to a guy that's one of the wealthiest in the world, or the wealthiest in the world, Elon Musk? I wonder what his parents get him for Christmas. Uh, What do you get for the person that can actually buy anything they want? Tomorrow, uh, there is going to be a lot of gift giving. That's a huge part of our tradition of Christmas uh, some of us tomorrow are going to be really, really, really good actors. When Arnie, Arnie Mavis gives you the present and you open it up and it's uh, a couple of hankies and some reject shop no-name chocolates. you go, thanks Arnie Mavis, that's the best ever. But then for some of us, you're going to get something maybe that you didn't expect and it'll be a surprise and it'll be a delight. Uh, For some of us, there will be gifts that we'll receive that are unexpected that just have so much thought and intent and planning behind them. Maybe it's something that you've always wanted but never thought in a million years you would get. Maybe it's going to be a gift that will have uh, a fair bit of emotion attached to it because of who it is that's given it to you and what it signifies, the memories that it will hold. So how do we describe the gifts that we receive at Christmas time? Well, we'll say, hey, that's really special, that's really nice, that's really beautiful, that's really precious. But here's the thing, any gift that you and I give to one another, it can be described adequately in the words that we use, the adjectives that we give. Every human gift is describable. But in 2 Corinthians 9, the Apostle Paul, speaking of Jesus in verse 15, says, Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. And at this time of year, as we look at the real reason for the season, There is a whole bunch of different ways in which we try to express or try to describe the gift of Jesus to our world. And that's been the same right through the ages. Many people have tried to express this gift of Jesus in so many different forms. Great composers have written incredible works to honour Jesus. Great artists have painted incredible works Pouring the best of their creativity, the best of their inspiration, the best of their gift and talent to somehow try to depict or to describe this gift. Poets and painters and sculptors and composers have all wanted in some way to honour Jesus. But Paul tells us that's all good. But in fact, this gift is indescribable. Maybe he's right. I mean, how do you begin to adequately describe the gift of Jesus? How do you begin to describe his nature? The Old Testament prophet Isaiah said that he would be called Emmanuel, as we've just seen, God with us. That's totally fulfilled in Matthew 1 and we read in verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because she is conceived because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So how do we describe Jesus? How do we describe God in human form? Again Paul said It's indescribable. How do you describe the eternal? Paul says we can't. Words, in fact, aren't enough. Through the ages, many of the wisest men in the world have tried to describe Jesus. And there is a story that goes like this, and it's probably been mythologized over the centuries. But in 451 AD, a bunch of the most learned theologians and scholars Got together, thought it was a good idea. We just kind of need to nail down the person of Jesus. Uh, And if we can adequately describe Jesus, that's going to help guide uh, our theology, help guide the, the developing doctrine around the Christian faith. Here's what they came up with. It's on the screen. Don't go to sleep. Perfect in Godhead, also perfect in manhood, truly a man of reasonable, rational soul and body, co substantial, co essential with the Father according to the manhood, in all things like unto us without sin, begotten before all ages of the Father according to the Godhead, and in these latter times for us and for our salvation, born of the Virgin Mary and of the Mother of God. According to the manhood, one and the same Christ, Son, Lord, only begotten, to be acknowledged in two natures, inconfusedly, unchangeably, indivisibly, inseparably, inseparably, and the distinction of natures being by no means taken away by the union, but rather the property of each nature being preserved. That pretty much nails it. And if you didn't understand it, that's okay. Neither do I. But that's man's attempt, educated minds, to somehow try to encapsulate, to try, try and somehow describe what Paul says is indescribable. And friends, we can get the greatest minds together. We can exhaust our, our vocabulary and we can never adequately describe the gift of Jesus. Maybe one of the reasons we struggle to kind of adequately describe it is because of the nature of what Jesus came to earth to do. To accomplish because there's a part of that does doesn't seem to make sense. What is it that we're celebrating at Christmas time? Well, we celebrate the fact that Jesus came into our world to save fallen humanity. God saw that mankind needed saving. And Paul writes in Romans 3 and 23. And Many of us are familiar with this passage, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. I love how the message puts that passage. It says, since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, And proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us. God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by means of Jesus Christ. So how do you adequately describe the love of God so undeserved, so lavish, so generous, so unfailing, and a love that is so incredibly complete? How do you put into words what God accomplished when he sent his son Jesus into the world? How do you begin to describe the incredible grace of God? The reality is tomorrow as we give gifts to friends, family, relatives. Everybody we give a gift to, there is a sense where we have an obligation to them. Because we're in relationship. With relationship does come obligations. So I give a gift to Kerry because she's my wife. I give a gift to my children because they're my children. I give a gift to the members of my family because they're family. I give gifts to friends because they're friends. And we do that because it's what happens in relationship. There's a sense of obligation. And in part, this is what makes God's love, God's gift of Jesus so incredibly indescribable because God has no obligation to us at all. He doesn't owe us anything. But as Paul writes in Romans 5 and 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died. While we were still sinners, God sent his gift of Jesus into the world. He had no obligation to us, but it is his perfect love. It is is his grace that compelled him to give us his greatest, most indescribable gift. And that's what Jesus is. He is a beautiful gift of grace. Ephesians 2 and 8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. This is the gift of God. So there are no words that can adequately describe God's grace towards us in Jesus. But when we receive it by faith, there's a whole bunch of stuff within us that begins to shift and begins to change. And here's the thing, if I asked you uh, the question, what did you get for Christmas last year? I reckon the vast majority of us would really struggle to answer. Might be one or two standout gifts that we can remember. But most of us will go, oh man, that's a long time ago. I don't really have a clue. The reason we can't remember last year's gifts is because the gifts we receive, they're beautiful gestures, they're lovely gestures. But they only capture our attention or occupy our time or our appetite for a short while. None of those gifts are actually life-changing, which is why we don't remember them. They don't make you different. And I don't think second-guessing what tomorrow brings, I don't think there's going to be too many of us tomorrow that will receive a gift that we'll unpack and go, oh, this is absolutely life-changing. If you do, good on you. But the Bible tells us that when we accept the gift of Jesus, this indescribable gift of God, the beautiful reality is we'll never forget it because it is totally life-transforming. And here's how. I'll just give you a few. Uh, And again, words are not going to, even begin to adequately describe what we receive in Jesus. But I'll give you a few. When I ask Jesus into my heart, when I choose to live my life in obedience to him, number one, my sins are forgiven. Not only are they forgiven, but they are forgotten. And because of what Jesus accomplished at the cross... He became what I am on the cross so that I might become what he is, and that is in right standing before God. And the Bible gives us this picture that we become clothed in his righteousness. It means God looks at us, doesn't see our imperfection and our sin nature. He looks at us and sees the righteous right standing, the perfection of Jesus. What an amazing life transforming benefit that because Jesus Is a gift that I have received because I've confessed Him as my Lord and my Savior. My sins are forgiven. That when I accept Jesus, I actually become adopted into His family. Galatians 4 and 4 says, But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons and daughters. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our heart, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And since you were a son, God has also made you an heir. And friends, you've got to know when we say yes to Jesus, God says you're part of the family. He says, you're my son, you are my daughter, and you are my heir. When I receive this indescribable gift, when I accept Jesus, there's another life transforming benefit. And that is that I receive the gift of His Holy Spirit. And thank you, Miriam, for reminding us of that in your communion message today. The presence of God, the Spirit of God within me to be my counselor, my guide, to help me live in the fullness of what God desires for me. To discover that plan, that purpose, that that, that hope that I'm constantly reminded by the Holy Spirit who I belong to. He gives me that strength, shifts perspective. When I receive God's indescribable gift, when I accept Jesus, I also receive a peace that I've never known before. It's an incredible peace. Not kind of peace that the world talks about, but a peace the Bible says that transcends all understanding, which means... uh, What's going on in my life right now can be the craziest thing. It can be the most testing thing. And yet deep in my heart, there is just a peace that I cannot describe, an indescribable gift, a peace that just transcends my capacity to understand it. I don't know what's going on. I shouldn't feel like this, but I feel incredibly peaceful in the midst of what could be the worst moment of your life, because God's peace that transcends all understanding is a part of this indescribable gift that we receive when we receive Christ. Peace that allows me to look beyond my circumstances and see God moving in my life no matter what is going on in the good and in the bad. Another part of this indescribable gift is I receive a whole new perspective. I receive an eternal perspective, a hope that extends beyond this very, very short life. Jesus said, and it's a promise in John 14 and 2, He said, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I'm just going to invite the team to come back as we close this morning. But friends, there are so many benefits and we could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. on, Talking about the wonderful benefits, trying to describe the indescribable. And the beautiful thing about this gift is when we receive it, it is absolutely life Changing. It is transformational. But Paul says this beautiful gift is actually so valuable, so multidimensional, it is absolutely indescribable. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Paul says, I can't grasp it. I can't fully understand it. I certainly can't describe it. All I can do is fall on my knees and thank God for his indescribable gift. And, friends, I think that's what we need to do at Christmas time as well. Amongst all the cultural trimmings and trappings and stuff that we just enjoy about this Christmas season just this momentary distraction where there does seem to be a sense of peace and goodwill on earth in spite of all that's going on. We pause for a moment. But maybe one of the reasons it is such an interruption is because it is so powerfully true if we allow it to be true for us. Not just to make it a cultural observance, but to allow the truth of it to be life transforming for us. Maybe at Christmas time we need to fall on our knees and say, God, I don't know all there is to know. I can't even describe what I'm feeling right now, but I reach out to you and I thank you. I worship you for your indescribable gift. Friends, the truth of Christmas is this. John 3 and 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, But have eternal life. That's indescribable. But the good news is, you don't have to be able to describe him to accept him. You just have to receive him into your heart and allow him to change you.